Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the thunder? Just remember when it comes to the show. What's up? And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, previewing the 2023 Wells Fargo Championship, coming at you on a Tuesday because, well, my internet sucks, so that's where <laughs> we're at here. We almost didn't even come in at all this week. It's just, we, we uh, it's a lot went on behind the scenes, just for my 12 podcasts I do. So we are back, we're, you know, a couple weeks off here for, I think there was golf, I don't know, there might have been golf, maybe. <laughs> There's real golf this week, though, uh, Wells Fargo. So we'll talk about that. You can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick, podcast at Always Press DFS. And my coast, as always, on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, my friend? I'm good. Uh, it's been a month since we yeah. recorded because after the Masters, I went to Florida. And then we said, fuck the next two weeks. <laughs> and then and la- the next three weeks, really. Well, no, no, yeah, because the Heritage, I missed the Heritage because I was in Florida. on vacation. And then, yeah. and then. Yeah, just those the, the two golf tournaments after the Heritage were something else. I think I would I rather play corn fairy events. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a weird weird schedule. I feel like you know they should have after the Masters, like maybe put that team event there, and that then or Mex- or do Mexico? the Heritage. Either one. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, give it, give it, give everybody a breather. Yeah, and and I was listening to I think it was Mayo's podcast yesterday. And he was kind of running down how like there's a fatigue probably setting in like because there's only 21 of the top 30 this week here where and it's an elevated event where in the past it's like, you know, 48 of the top 50 in the world. Like, you don't right. you don't miss anybody at these. But um, well, the, the heritage is really strong. Minus. Yeah. Minus Rory. Rory. He was yeah. the only one of the top what 30 or 50 or something like it was loaded. Um, and it was and that was a good watch. That was fucking. If we want to talk about heritage from a month ago, I'm in. But I don't think yeah, everybody wants you. to listen to that. But, the odd uh, thing is, is is Quail is a great place. Like it's Quail's a wonderful golf course. Place. Yeah, I'm surprised that that uh, everybody didn't show up. I, I see why Rom didn't. Yeah, because he had to go defend his title in Mexico. I don't. I, I yeah, guess that's what he said. Um, first, we like the heritage after the Masters. There's another elevated event right. I guess the Travelers on right after the U.S. Open in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Makes like, sense. They did, they did it again. I'm like Fuck. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and and because Mayo was breaking down the schedule of why so many guys missed this week because a they're burned out. B, we have a Texas event, which like you know, Scheffler and all the boys will be at. And then it's like back to back Texas events, I think. Like again, it's Byron Nelson and something else. And then they have like the US Open. And then they have, you have the PGA <laughs> championship coming up, right? That's what it is. Yeah, they have all kinds of it's just it's just the scheduling. They really need to sit like get Rory and the boys whoever they're listening to with all this shit and just sit down and go, Hey, how can we make this so you guys play it and still are, you know, good? Like yeah, it's so like, you you got Byron Nelson next week. Then the weekend after that is the PGA Championship. So that's what it is. And then there's a like, then I think there was um, RBC Canadian where every or like so many RBC guys. It's like the week before the U.S. Open, so they're all going to play RBC Canadian Open, even though it's not an elevated event. And that's that's play, the week after the Memorial, with, yeah, which, which is elevated. Yeah. yeah. So, so he was breaking it down. It's like everyone will play the Memorial because it's Jack's place, elevated event. Then a most a lot will play the RBC. Because there's so many sponsors, plus they want to play the week before a major. Then you have the US Open. Then you have the elevated travelers. <laughs> it's just a freaking. <laughs> yeah. But then we're going to be back in a, a similar spot after the travelers where it's Rocket Mortgage, John Deere, Barbasol, the, the Scottish Open. And then you'll be getting into the Open Championship. 
But at least those, crazy like, how fast this season just goes by, though. Well, at least those tournaments, like you know, you know, we go to Detroit, we go to Minneapolis and stuff. I don't mind those tournaments. At least they're fun tournaments. The fields might not be as good, but at least they'll be entertaining. Um, it's going to be what, what's going to be really interesting. The more you think about how quickly the season's going, is when fall comes, since there's really no fall swing. Yeah. That's going to be the interesting part. Yeah. So. Which I'm not mad about. No, like I, I enjoy it, but at the same time, like it's going to be a different vibe, to say yeah. the least, when the, that all shakes out. And then to the Rom thing, uh, he was on. He, he did. He did a lot of rounds after he won the majors, uh, the uh, the Masters, of course. But he was. He did uh, the Colt Nost podcast with Sleazy, and uh, he's been on there like three or four times. Like they're good buddies, I guess, living in Arizona together. And um, he bre- broke down his schedule. He's like, I haven't had two weeks off in a row, and blah blah blah. He's like, I feel like I need to defend my championship in Mexico. Then I'm taking Wells off. Uh, he's taking next week off too, and then he's going to get ready to go, like players' championships and so on and so forth. So he's uh he's taking a little breather. Then he's going to rock and roll again. It looks like. So don't blame him. He's earned it. He's yep. earned it. That's for sure. But all right, Quill Hollow, awesome place. Our buddy Kev knows it very very well. Uh, Webb knows it very very well. But I didn't see Webb in the field. Hmm. He is in the field. Oh, he is. He must hmm. be too cheap for me to notice. A lot of red on the must be a lot of red on my um 7200. <laughs> that now I'm just curious. Where does he rank out now? It's 7200 bucks that I just passed right over Webb Simpson. 122nd in my model. There you That's go. why I went right yeah. past him. Um let's get some past event history on a very, very uh, fun tournament. Yeah, yeah. So last year this play, this was played at TPC Potomac, um, which is in Maryland. Max Homa won eight under, two shots over Keegan, Fitzpatrick, Cam Young. Doesn't really matter. 2021 was at Quilt Hollow, and that was uh, Rory. He won 10 under, one shot over Abraham Answer, RIP. 2020 was canceled due to COVID. 2019, again, at Quail, uh, Max Homa won 15 under, three shots over Joel Dahman. 2018, at Quail, Jason Day uh, won 12, 12 under, two shots over Nick Watney and Aaron Wise. 2017 was at Eagle Point Golf Club in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, Brian Harmon won that. And then James Hahn won, won this in 2016. Rory has won this tournament three times, all three times at Quail. So obviously likes that. Other past champions, uh, J.B. Holmes, Derek Ernst, Ricky Fowler, Lucas Glover, um, Sean O'Hare, Anthony Kim. Uh, but – yeah, a, a weird mix of people there who have won. There's not yeah. like one particular kind of golfer like that. James Hanyer, I remember that because he beat fucking Roberto Castro in a playoff. Yeah, those are two names, you know. Wow. Yeah. One guy, one guy defends live but plays for the PGA Tour. Another guy, he plays somewhere. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What, I, don't think, I think he's just on Twitter. Yeah, Roberto he's Castro. actually pretty good on Twitter. I'll give him that yeah. much for like you know not being the biggest of names. He's he's pretty good on Twitter. I'll give him right. that. Um, yeah, lots of history, like you mentioned. This is a very, very popular place. And the the difference in the um, winners, as you kind of mentioned, it's a lot to do about the golf course that is Quail Hollow. Um, it's, you know, it's been re- renovated three different times now. You know, they've had the majors there, you mentioned. They had the President's Cup there. There's been a lot of that going on. It's a par 71, over 7,500 yards. It's a big boy, big boy golf course. Three par fives, five par fours. There are five of the par fours are over 480. Obviously, there's more than five par fours. There's um, it, there'll be uh, 11 par fours on this golf course. Uh, one of the key stats will be par fours 450 to 500. Obviously, if 
over half, basically half of the par fours are 480 plus. That tells you a lot. Long iron play will be very important. This is a grip it and rip it bombers course, but you still like the, the rough is not as penal uh, for this event as it would be for you know a major or whatnot. But it's still looking around two inches of rough, which you know not bad. It's just kind of average overall. Uh, water is on six holes. I don't remember that being a big issue unless you get real wonky on some of them. But um, bomb it. Just don't bomb it too crazy out of play. And uh, you need to be really good around the green. Bogey avoidance is huge. Um, yeah, it's just uh, course history is going to be big, except at the same time, um, you mentioned the Potomac thing. That's going to skew a lot of people when they see those recent uh, recent events there. But yeah. for the most part, bombers is what I'm looking at. And then guys that can, you know, long iron play, bogey avoidance. What are you looking at this week? Yeah, it's it's very similar. Par five scoring matters, I think. Um, it is a tough track because it is super long, and your winning score there is for the last uh, four years has been been between ten and fifteen. So it's it's more like um, probably more like uh, Jack's Place Memorial as far as its difficulty. It's not you know just a birdie fest type of place. So. Um, putting doesn't necessarily matter as much. Obviously you still want guys to putt, but I've been here. I've been to this golf course, uh, for the Wells Fargo. I think it was, uh, the year that's maybe 20, maybe, maybe the year that James Holland won, but either way, I've been there and I've been to Augusta and they're similar in the, in their look and, um, and just the feel of the golf course. Of course, uh, there's a lot more water on, uh, on quail than there is, uh, than there is at, at Augusta, but um, just from like the just aesthetic, just viewing the places, they they look very similar. Uh, they don't play necessarily exactly the same, but um, both of them are. I mean, obviously, two of the best golf courses in the country. I know uh, some of the comps that are thrown around. Also, if you go to the West Coast, Torrey and uh, Riviera, just because of the length, I could see that kind, yeah. of, kind of difficulty there. And there's like crossovers. Obviously, Han has won at Torrey and Wells. Uh, Homa has won at all three. Um, you can go down the list. There's a lot of guys that have kind of at least succeeded at one of those two West Coasts, if not both, and played well at Quail. So something else you can look at. Just because it's just um, – it's a, those are courses where bombers have an advantage, but you still have to be in the fairway. Like if, if you're too wayward, those places will eat you alive, where Quail can do the same thing, of course. like not, I don't think it's as bad as, say, uh, a Riviera where you're in the trees or something, but uh, you can still get in trouble for sure. All right, let's do it. DK time. DK time. We got uh, five, four guys over ten thousand uh, dollars. I got Rory McIlroy at eleven one, coming off his uh, hiatus for personal reasons. Xander <laughs> Schauffele at ten seven. Patrick Cantlay at ten five, and Tony Finau at ten two, coming off the big dub in Mexico. Uh, what do you like in this top range? Did you see who's on Cantlay's bag now? Yes, Mr. Joe Lacava, and well, mm-hmm. I think I quote tweeted it and stuff. Is it's an official full time move? Tiger gave yeah. his blessing to Joe to go because. That makes me wonder, Jesse, how long is Tiger out for? Well, it like the last that I saw uh, on on Twitter, of course. So take it for what it's worth, but like it was going to be, a, a, like I probably like maybe Augusta next year at the earliest. Yeah, that he would be able to come back after that surgery he had to basically repair his foot. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, it's it sucks in a way, maybe, but maybe Lacava. Can speed fucking Patrick Cantlay up a little bit. Um, 
of these guys, I mean, I wouldn't talk anybody out of playing any of them. Um, obviously, Rory's got the course history, won here three times. Hard to argue with that. Uh, but I, I kind of am leaning just towards Xander. Um, my model likes him quite a bit. He finished 14th here in 21, 72nd here in 18. Um, and then it's coming off a fourth place finish at the Heritage, 10th at the Masters, two elevated events, um, and, and has just been playing really solid golf. And he's got the length off the tee. Uh, he's got the, the iron game, and this is not a putting fest. So I'm going to say Xander up here. I don't know that I'll play any of these guys above 10K, though. Yeah, I'm not like, you know, Finau's, he's played well here. He's you know, coming off the W. If you look at uh, past events here, and you got to kind of, like you said, 2022 Potomac, kind of ignore that. It's miscut 60th, 21st, and his three previous at Quail. Um, the good form, I'll still pass, as you said. Like, to me, it's Xander. Like, I'm not playing Rory. If people want to flock to Rory, it's fine. If he figures it out this week, kudos. Um, PGA splits had an awesome stat that, you look at like course horses, guys that have gained the most strokes consistently at certain golf courses. It's like Tiger at Bay Hill, uh, Cantley, I think, at the Memorial. and Or no, it was Rory second at Wells Fargo, and then Cantley was like third at the Memorial, something like that. And uh, it just shows you he loves this golf course, but his form right now is a freaking disaster. And who knows what's going on between the ears. So I'll stay away. Xander is a very intriguing one. I think uh, that's the way to go. But I'll be contrarian in this range, at least in my mind. I, I got ownership projections up here. And right now, Cantley is actually the second highest projected here. Behind yeah, that's Rory. what I'm showing too. Yeah, which surprises me. Like, I didn't even look at that until I, after I said it. But I still like Cantley quite a bit here. Coming in, in in really, really good form. He has not played great here. That's a game he missed cut in 2020. He usually just doesn't play here. He's not a big like East Coast guy. Obviously, he doesn't have to be. But third at the Heritage, 14th at the Masters. You know, Heritage wasn't one he usually plays either. He, he's been playing these big events. He's playing good golf, showing that he is one of the best in the world. So I think Patrick Cantley at 10-5, if I want to go, is uh, the direction I would go. The new bag's interesting, but Joe LaCava is the freaking G. So I'm not worried about that transition at all. Right. Um, but I think I'd go Cantley at 10-5 uh, if I go up here. But I'm kind of like you looking at this, especially when I was you know checking off who I like this week based on stuff. Um, I really don't like the 6K range. We're usually in these elevated events. Yeah. There's, a ton, there's a ton to like no. using these elevated events. It doesn't feel that way this week. No. So. I'm kind no. of like, let's start in the 9K range, probably. <laughs> uh, One of the reasons the 9- is yeah. because, like, the last few elevated events, I think, have been, like, 130, maybe. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? 130 players? Mm-hmm. And this one's, like, yeah. full-field 152. Yeah, it's 150. So. Yeah. Because the longer days, they stretched it out, let more people come and play. Um, I totally forgot his name. It's going to probably stupid audio to even say it. But um, can't, uh, he qual- he finished, I think, like, top five or something at Corn Ferry over the weekend and uh, drove to the qualifier and qualified for this week. There's a chance to play for 20 mil. That's pretty uh, – I totally forget his name. It's going to bug me. I'll find it later. I'll probably tell you. Hang on. I'll just, we'll just continue uh, on and I'll tell you. Here just it was a um, Monday qualifier. guy tweeted it out earlier. Um, 9K range. we got Colin Morikawa at 9,800 bucks. If we could ever learn how to putt, we know the drill there. Uh, Jordan Spieth at 96. Homa at 94. You know, he's won here two out of the last three years. The form is uh, oof right now, but we'll see. We got Fitzpatrick at 93 coming off his Heritage dub, Vic Hovland at 92, Sungjae 91, and then Jason Day at 9,000. So it's a pretty fun range. Why makes you kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I need to go to the 10K. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so circling back real quick, it's either Danny Guys, Ryan Cole, Trace Crow. 
No, I'll look it up now while you while you talk. <laughs> Pass it on to you then. Yep. Uh, so for me, um, I, there, there's a couple things here. And number one, like the the guy that I want to play the most in this range, and it's because of ownership projections. One of the cool things about us doing this on a Tuesday instead of a Monday is we do get to talk ownership because they're out by now. I usually don't have them until Tuesday. So Max Homa at ninety four hundred dollars. He, I know he won last year, different course, but he's won at Quail. He won here in 2019. Um, come off miscut at the Heritage. Not a great showing at the Masters, but was playing really solid golf before that. And the, the Masters, he's just not had very much success there. I give him a pass the week after, whatever. I really like Max Homer this week at 9,400. Jordan Spieth, I think, is playable. Um, the only My only worry about Jordan is just a little bit of the – the driver you do you do really want to keep it in the fairway at this golf course because the rough can get pretty thick um but obviously his short game is typically pretty good Vic hovland uh as well is, is another guy who i do like at 9200 third here in 2021 hasn't missed a cut since the scottish open back in july um so he's playing really good golf and then jason day past winner here you missed the cut here last or the last time it was at Quail, which was 21, but he was kind of on the struggle bus at that point. Um, he's got good course history. Otherwise, when he's playing good golf, he has played good at Quail. Two, two ninth place finishes, you know, obviously the first. Um, and uh, we know how well he's been playing this year. So, did you figure it out? Yep. Circling back, um, Willie Mack. Willie oh, Mack, that was the last played- guy. That was the guy I left out because I didn't figure that was him. Yeah, I was wondering. I'm like, there's one more guy. There's four qualifiers. Who is it? <laughs> um, he played 27 holes. It says he played 27 holes on the Sunday KFT event in Alabama. Got in his car, drove six hours to Wells Fargo, arrived uh, after midnight, no practice round, woke up and shot a 65 and qualified. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's very. <laughs> That's a grind, man. Yeah. That's a freaking grind. Like, I, I know it sounds silly and, you know, we all should, whatever, but I root for dudes like that. Just not even to win, just go make like 100K. Like, yeah. go make some cash. Like, you just busted your ass and you're grinding so hard. Like, just go make a nice little paycheck here. For sure. Yeah, that's all I'm rooting for. So, back in this 9K range, and it's like, like I said, when I introduced them, you can make arguments for all these dudes. Um, I'm always a Carl Marcowa stand, especially when you're looking for approach from 200 plus. He's not the best anymore. He's 12th in the last 24 rounds. He used to be towards the top, but he's still fourth in T to green, third in approach. Uh, it's just putt. Can you freaking putt? That is Carl Marcowa's problem. Um, so he's interesting. I'll say that much. He's very, very interesting. 9,800 bucks. I do like speed the bit just because every time I say, well, he sucks at hitting fairways, you know, he doesn't play this that good. He finds a way to speed it. I'm just going to, yeah. that's the word I'm going to use. He speeds it. And he, he, like, come Sunday, he shows up in the top 10. It's just what he does. So he's interesting. I like Max Homa just because he's Homa. And you mentioned the, the one big thing ownership wise could be interesting with Max Homa on this one but if i have to seclude who i actually want to play this week out of playing all of these guys i like vic a lot he's fourth in my model he's second off the team in the last 24 rounds ninth on approach he's fourth in the par fours 450 to 500 and he's um the one thing you need to really look at is he can avoid the bogeys decently at 21 he's 21st in the field it's not great but if it's not going to be a birdie fest and he can just grind his butt off that's big so i like vic hovland at 92 and I love Fitzpatrick in 93. I know he's coming off the win at the Heritage, took the week off. He finished 10th of the Masters. Uh, he played well in Potomac last time. That was his first time playing the Wells Fargo. 
but he's another guy that like people say, oh, he doesn't drive it far. He doesn't do this or that. Well, he's 39th in the field in driving distance. People forget. Like you watch him, and even the announcers get like blown away. Like, wow, he's he's like developed a lot of you know club head speed. Now he's hitting the fire. Yeah, he grinds his butt off. Like he's become a yeah. different golfer than he used to be. So like the stats aren't catching. Like they are slowly. He's 39th now. He's catching up. But he's second in bogey avoidance, and he's 21st in the par fours we're looking at. And he's great around the green. So he's we talk about it time and time again, Jesse. It's like, hey, if it's a slow like a low scoring golf tournament, Fitz is there. Fitz is in that kind of an event. So I think he's he's a fun one that he right now I have projected to be the lowest in this range. So he's a guy I look at him and Hovland would be my two, but Hovland's gonna be super chalky, it looks like. So that might be a pivot as well. That's the thing with these big events, just pivot, man. There's so many good plays. Like you can be, you know, you can eat chalk, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of great pivots too. 8K, JT's 89, Ricky Fowler's up to 88, Cam Young 87, Burns 86, Hatton 85, Kim, Tommy Kim at 84, Sahith, I'm Jesse's guy, Thigala at 82, Shane Lowry at 81, Fleetwood and Harmon at 8K. Man, JT still cannot get out of the 8K range in these events. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like this, this is where Justin Thomas should be able to win, though. Um, and he did in 2017. Uh, but it, his current form coming in, I mean, it's not great. And that the, the other thing that kind of makes me not want to play him is the projected ownership at 18%. Yeah. So he's going to be 15 to 20% owned. Um, I had Ricky checked off. I just don't think I can play Ricky at $8,800. He has had some success around here, and he has played really well. He's got three straight top 15s. Uh, but, like, when he was 7,600 at the Heritage – much more reasonable than 8,800 at Quail Hollow, in my opinion. Uh, Cam Young is going to be highly owned, apparently. Um, I don't know if you've looked at the odds yet, but he's down to 18 to 1 on DraftKings. He, people love them some Cam Young. And you know, okay, I'm going to say this and people can think I'm being an a, a hole or whatever you want. Cam Young is that guy that everyone's been saying is the best thing, which is great because he's really, really good. I'm not denying that. The second he wins, they're all going to be like, hey, I did it. And I'm going to be like, how much have you lost on him before? Because <laughs> like, yeah. they've been like blowing smoke. And I get it. He's good. But my God, he's not in the same world as those other guys until he proves it. Like he could be the next Scheffler. That's what I heard someone say on a broadcast recently. Um, but he's got to do it first. Like, let's let's yeah. on it back. <laughs> and that's a lot easier said than done. I mean, to go on a tear like Scotty's gone on. I mean, over the last year, that's like Tiger S type shit. Like, and that doesn't happen. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like Cam Young, um, and I think he's fine, but I, I, I don't know if I want to eat that much chalk. Uh, I do, I do like Sam Burns, and I think he's a good pivot off of him. He's not really. Uh, he's had two starts here. I think he WD in 2019, finished 55th in 2018. So, but obviously, over the last two years, he's been playing a lot better golf than he was in 19 or, or 18. Um, Come off a 15th place finish at the uh, Heritage, made the cut. The Masters finished 30th, sixth at the Valspar. He's starting to figure it out. Um, and w- when he starts ball striking, like this is the type of golfer that you want to play at Wells Fargo because Bombs this is what you need um, versus, you know, at wherever the fuck else they play. And it, it's, you know, the winning score is 20 under. The is definitely play- playable at 8,200. Um, his putter scares me a little bit because he can like just have some moments where he, he has some absolutely terrible putts, but two straight top tens for Sahith. Um, is pretty good when those two events are the Masters and the Heritage. Yeah, really sure. good. Uh, and then Tommy Fleetwood at 8,000. Um, 14th here and 21, missed cut in 18. Seven, uh, 17, he finished 61st. 
So not great, but he did finish 14th his last time here. Twelfth, a 15th place finish at the Heritage. He's playing – Tommy's playing real good golf, and he's – we know how good of a ball striker he is. He doesn't have to make 20 birdies this week. He can make 10 to make the cut and, you know, finish somewhere in the top 20. Yeah, this is the range. Like, like I said, you can differentiate or you can play chalk early. That's fine. This range is where I can really like, you know, JT, Ricky, Cam Young, chalk, 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 chalk. I just slide on down and take somebody's next. Two. That's just my two cents. Um, like you said, JT's built for this golfer. He's second in my model. And I'm saying this just because there's like, we talk about it all the time. Like, and I, I especially talk about it with my DFS for baseball. Like the model's going to tell you one thing, but then there's like the eye test and JT ain't right. So it's like, yeah. yeah, he's striking this, he's doing that, whatever, but he just ain't right. He just fits this course very well. So of course he's going to project very well. And if he wins, no one would be shocked. That's great. But if I want to try to like go for the gusto, I'm going to go for a lower own guy. And Sam Burns is a dude. I'm, I'm glad you pointed him out. And he's 40th in my model. But, you know, we talked about a guy that can bonds away. You mentioned all his recent form. This is like if he was coming in the way he was like two years ago, maybe, or a year, yeah. a year ago. A lot last oh, year. Yeah. The, he'd be like 9,500 bucks. And yeah. He'd, everyone would want to play him, not Cam Young. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, Sam Burns. And what was it? He got a new driver or something we were talking about a few weeks back or whatever. And yeah, his, his driver cracked or something yeah. like in uh, during the, the West Coast swing, I think. Yeah, Riviera or something. Yeah, and he missed the cut at the Genesis, missed the cut API, and then has he's made every cut since the four yeah, the four starts better and better each time too. Right. So yeah, hundred percent right. with you on Sam Burns. I, I like that play a ton. Then it gets fun. Like Sahith, I have checked off. He's twenty first in my model. If I can give you any solace on his putting, because yes, it's nasty. Over the last twenty four rounds, he's nineteenth in this field. So he's, that that makes sense for his great finishes. Uh, we also know putting can vary quickly from event to event, but uh, that's good. So I do like Sahith at 82. And then I'm with you on Tommy Fleetwood. He's 41st in my model. He's ninth around the green. His TD green game is 10th in the field. He's played really good golf. You mentioned his current form here. So definitely a guy I like with uh, Fleetwood as well. The guy I'm having trouble trying to figure out is Brian Harmon. Coming in like less than 5% projected ownership for now. He finished uh, ninth at Potomac with 18th, 24th, 74th, and 1 in 2017 at uh, Quail Hollow. No, quail, it wasn't a quail in, in 17. It okay. was at uh, Wilmington, in Wilmington, North yeah. Carolina. But yeah. He, he's, okay, the three in between, he played really, really well. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah, he's he finished position. seventh at the Heritage after just like a run of just bad golf. But he's a guy that wasn't, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, was playing really good golf. I mean, he had back to back top twos in November yeah. of 22. So, so it just feels like, man, like, is this the guy in a tournament that you jump on now, less than 5% ownership? If even T20s, you're like jumping over the moon. So he's a guy I'm definitely going to um, probably have sprinkled around a little bit in my lineups. And I'm just really battling. Like, you look at his numbers and they suck. Like, they're really bad. That seventh of the heritage, of course, like, that was a course fit for him. This is also a place he likes to play at. So I'm trying to see, like, talk to myself and, and go that direction. Maybe I'm just trying to wish wishful thinking here, but we'll see. Uh, 75 to 79. You got Cooch at 79. Corey Connors at 79. Wyndham Clark at 78. Keith Mitchell, 78. Keegan at 77. Siwoo at 77. Ty- Taylor Montgomery, Gary Woodland, Taylor Moore at 76. Davis Riley, Patrick Rogers, Cam Davis, and Chris Kirk at 75. Now it's starting to get a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's a major drop off. Uh, Coocher at 79. Um, He's two of four made cuts here. He did. He finished ninth here in his last start, which was 2017. But then he had a seven-year gap back to 2010, miscut, miscut, 
uh, 62nd in consecutive years. So it's kind of weird, um, but Cooch is playing pretty good golf right now. 19th Heritage, uh, third Texas Open. Uh, so 7,900, not terrible. Uh, I keep playing Keith Mitchell, dude, like every week, and it's so annoying to watch him. I just be terrible whenever I play him. Um, I, I do like him this week, though. He's three out of three made cuts at Quail Hollow. Very solid. Two straight top tens at Quail Hollow. Um, coming off a missed cut, the Heritage played the Masters, played like shit on the weekend. Uh, the players, whatever. I mean, just it's just been a weird stretch for Keith. I feel like it was setting up earlier in the year to be much, much better, and he's just kind of had a little bit of a a letdown. So, but Keith is fine. Woodland, uh, seventy six hundred, finished fifth here in twenty one. Uh, two consecutive miscuts before that, but before that he made the cut four straight times. Uh, so he's the course history is, is pretty good and he has made five consecutive cuts um, on tour, including last week he played Mexico and uh, the, his, his putter is just atrocious. Uh, so the ball striking is there. If the putter comes around, is it a Patrick Rogers week? That's what I'm struggling with because I, I did pretty well with it a couple weeks ago with P rod. He fell apart on Sunday. Uh, I'll say that much, but I, I did well. He finished um, 19th at the Heritage, and I said that was a fun one. Fifth of Valero. He's coming in really good form. He um, has made two straight cuts here. I'd say uh, yes, we're on P-Rodge, just because of the form. is really good, really good, and he's not expensive. Just make the cut. Just make the freaking cut. So I'm going to go P-Rodge here. It's just scary because he's got that that thing where he can play like two and a half to three good rounds, but he can, can't put four together. Yeah, well. I mean, it is Patrick Rogers. Yeah, but, I mean, like, you want to win a GPP? It's probably not the guy you want to play. Well, but if you just want to cash in a GPP, he could be the guy. Or you play. if you just want to have a potentially a Sunday sweat, maybe he's you know inside the top 20, ten before he shoots eighty on Sunday. Yeah, sure. you know? And then, he and then you're just off. so mad at the world. Uh, all right. Well, so it's P. Rogers week, and last but not least for me, Cameron Davis, twenty uh, sixth here in twenty one, missed the cut in twenty nineteen, seventh at the Heritage, missed cut Texas. Sixth players championship, five straight missed cuts before that. I, I think he's getting it figured out. I mean, like he's boom or bust. He's GPP only, obviously, but seventy five hundred bucks. I would be willing to take a chance with with Cam Davis this week, especially if I'm playing one hundred and fifty lineups. I'm going to put, you know, at least ten to fifteen Cam Davis lineups in there. Yeah, I don't hate that. He's the total boomer bust guy, like you said. So that's strong for me. I think Cooch is very intriguing at seventy hundred bucks. The the course history, the recent form hasn't been horrible. Coming in basically no ownership at all. Um, I like Keith Mitchell. Wyndham Clark's the fun one because everyone loved him last week in that bad field in Mexico. Now he's down to 7800 bucks. He's eighth in my model. He's seventh in approach. He's third in bogey avoidance in this field. He's 20th in the proximity we're looking for. He's top 40 in a lot of other stats we're looking for. Projected about 12% owned, which is not great in this range, but not bad. So Wyndham Clark is one that I'm definitely keeping my eye on as someone I like. I like Keith a little more. I like Keegs, Keegan Bradley. I'll go back to him. I know Potomac is where he played really well, but 18th, miscut 76 the last three years here. And he's a guy that has been grinding out these elevated events, 24th in Mexico, 29th the Heritage, now 6th at Punta Cana, no, it's Wyndham Clark, 48th at the Heritage, 23rd at the Masters, played well at uh, Farmers and Genesis. I even think he finished pretty well also. Um, he's a guy I don't mind at 7700 bucks when you look at ownership coming in. He's about 11% right now, give or take. So he's another guy that shouldn't be too bad, hopefully. And then I love the Gary Woodland call. He's fifth in my model. He's playing really good. You mentioned the five straight made cuts, course history. 
uh, the, the five straight make cuts, they check the boxes on um, what's going on. And, you know, I've been guilty of it before. I know a lot of other people have that you think Gary Willis is just like three-wood stinger, dude. He's 14th in the field in driving distance. He can pipe it when he needs to. Oh, yeah. uh, so so keep an eye on Woodland at 76. That's a dude I like. And I got P-Rodge checked off at 75. So, yes, P-Rodge is there. All right, 7K to 74. Who you liking? Uh, uh, start all the way down 72. I don't like really anybody in this range that great. But Bo Hostler, three of three made cuts at Quail and three straight made cuts on tour. Ben Martin at $7,100. He finished 11th here. Last year, or the last time they played at Quail, 21, uh, two missed cuts before that, but then two made cuts before that. And he's not missed a cut since um, the Farmers back in January. So just kind of plugging along, playing really good golf, has some top 10 sprinkled in there, not necessarily in these types of events, but uh, he did make the cut at the players. Um, played last week, made the cut. Harris English at $7,100, four of four made cuts at Quail Hollow. Uh, two straight made cuts on tour. Every time I play him, he misses the cut. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> Been on um, three of five made cuts at Quail. He did miss the cut here last year. His best finish is 28th. That was in 2017, but playing really good golf. He, he finished sixth at the Texas Open a couple weeks back. Uh, played last week in Mexico, made the cut. Um, really hasn't missed a cut since the RSM back in November. He withdrew from the Arnold Palmer after shooting 75. I mean, it was probably going to be a missed cut, but. It's not technically a miscut. And then Matt Wallace at 7,000, finished sixth here uh, the last time they played at Quill Hollow, but has missed back-to-back cuts. And in both of those tournaments, he shot 77, which is not great. Not not ideal, to say the no. least. Uh, for me, I'm looking at guys like Emiliano Grillo at 7,400 bucks. He's coming in um, improved, is the way I'll say it. Fifth at Mexico, seventh at Heritage. 53rd of Valero, 70th of Puticanos. He's made at least four straight cuts. Um, you know, you look at tournament history, that's a different story with Grio, but 14th and 21, 9th and 18. So you got that going for you. He didn't play in, in uh, 19 here, and he didn't play at uh, Potomac. But uh, Grio is interesting at 74. Buckley at 7,400 as well. Um, this is a guy that's coming in, in with a 5th at the Heritage, 10th at the Valero, which is outstanding for Hayden Buckley. And when you look at his uh, overall stat lines, you know, he's 22nd my model. He's seventh in the par four scoring we're looking at here. He's um, decent on his approach game. Nothing like glaringly bad, which is what I like at 7,400 bucks. And I mentioned the recent form is very, very strong. Jaeger Bonds at 73, uh, ninth in my model. Guy can crush it, of course, it's in his name. Uh, volatile is all hell. So he's a really fun GPP play. I'll put it that way. But uh, contending very well. Another guy that can bomb it as well is Kitayama at 72. So he's interesting to me. For tournaments, these are tournament only plays for me. You mentioned Benny on and Ben Martin. I like them a lot. Martin's play actually almost cash relevant, to be honest. Um, but Martin and Benny on are both in play. And then the last guy I'll mention, because I had to look into it because he was seventh in my model. I'm like, what in the world's going on here? Is Sam Stevens. He's seventh in my model. Who? He's 17th off the tee. He's seven thousand dollars. He's 18th from proximity, 175 to 200. He's 10th in par fours, 450 to 500. He's 15th in opportunities gained. Driving distance 29th, 34th in bogey avoidance. I'm sitting here, what in the world is going on here with Stevens? And then you look at his recent form, miscut at the Heritage, second at the Valero, third at the Punta Cana. So that Punta Cana one probably helped the stats out pretty good. I'm just going to throw that out there. Does the 7K, I'll take my chances. Does he usually play on the P, on the, is he Corn Ferry guy or something? I'm fuck assuming is so because uh, let me click on his name here. I'll give you the whole rundown of what the heck's going on here. But uh, Valero, 
Puerto Rico. You played at the Honda, missed the cut, 34th at AT&T, 13th at Farmers, 67th at the Amex. Um, didn't play a bunch of corn fairies. Kind of a last hmm. corn fairy you played was last September. He qual- He got his card. I got you. Well, the like I'm, I'm assuming that this is a like a data mismatch because they Labs has him as Samuel Stevens, and then that's on, what I have. Yeah, but on PJTour.com, it's Sam Stevens, and yeah, huh? Yeah, he writes okay. out really, really well. So I'm like, huh? Seventh at seven thousand dollars. I at least have to like look into you a little bit here. Like that's yeah. that's hard to find in this field. So I'm yeah, I, I can't wait to not play him and then see him shoot probably sixty five on. Thursday. I won't text you at all because then if I did, he'd shoot 77 on Friday. <laughs> Who you liking in the 6K range? Uh, Aaron Rye at 6,900. He's coming off a miscut. I mean, dude, I played him last week at like $8,900 at five of six, and fucking Aaron Rye was the miscut. Wow. Just tilt me to death. Uh, Dylan Wu at 6,700. Hasn't missed a cut since the Farmers back in January. Couple top 15s, one top 10 in there. Um, coming off a 15th place finish in Mexico. He's never played here. A lot of these guys in this range have never played here, but uh, Harry Hall's another guy. Three straight made cuts on tour. 10th last week in Mexico, 13th in Putin, uh, at Corrales a couple weeks back. I mean, you could play guys like Kevin Strillman, who's played here before, and James Hahn, who's won here before, but in reality, I'm not going to play any of these guys. Um, Toasty is a dude at 6,500 bucks. So like I I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't super plugged in last week, but uh, dude was twenty percent owned in Mexico. What? At sixty five hundred dollars, I think he's, uh, I I think he's like, uh, I don't even know. He maybe he's coming off the corn ferry, or he's like in college. One of the two. Uh, Nick Watney's another guy, and then last last but not least, Carson Young at sixty one hundred. If you're all the way down here in sixty one hundred land. I do like Carson Young. Two straight top 20s for Carson Young on the PGA Tour, including 15th last week, 19th at the Heritage. The dude is pretty good. Uh, it's just a matter of him being, you know, getting it all together. Yeah, I had Carson checked off as well, 6,200 bucks. Like, if you're just going full yellow for a punt, that's not a bad punt, like Jesse said. So that's one you could look at. Uh, Will Gordon, 6,900 bucks. He's 16th in my model. He's third in proximity. He's seventh in driving distance in this field. And when you look at, uh, like, we were playing him a lot on the West Coast, but he finished 24th to Mexico after missed cut to Valero, 36th to Valspar. So you got a little bit of that going for you. Missed the cut here in 2021. Uh, Luke List has made at least five straight cuts in the Wells Fargo. He made the th- last three years at uh, Quill Hollow, 6th, 65th, 9th. I'll take my chances there. Back-to-back missed cuts before 39th to Valero. So his form's horrific. Course history, pretty, pretty good. Um, some other guys that I think are interesting. Joseph Bramlett is a guy, 10th in driving distance. If you want to play the bomber narrative yeah. and, and yeah. think that works, Bramlett does check the like, – because he can get those birdies going. I got a ton of them here, but he can bombs away. 10th of Mexico, miscut of Valero, 36 of Valspar as well for Bramlett. So he'd be one to peak at and miss his cut here. A uh, few others, like it's not great. Um, I want to play Lonto so bad because of his history here, but he's playing horrific golf right now. I just he's still hurt, I think. Um, yeah, I didn't even check. I usually check off a bunch here. That was them and Carson Young. I I did not even bother. I'm like, I'm not going to try to argue these. Like you said, yeah, you could do these. Like, I agree, you could. I'm going to try damnedest not to. No. Um, I I guess if I have to throw one name out there, just because he's been so consistently good, is uh, Dylan Wu. I'll mention him. At 6,700 bucks, 15th in Mexico, 39th of Valero, 16th of Puticana, 58th of Valspar, 
He's a making cut machine. Um, I don't know if he's got enough to really get the gusto, but at his price point at sixty seven hundred bucks, like he finished sixty second at Potomac last year, hasn't played a quail. I think he's kind of interesting if you just want a guy that can uh, make a cut for you, but I'd rather not be here as well. All right, let's recap things. Jesse, 10K and above, who you got? Uh, Xander. I'll go Patrick Cantley and his timer. Uh, 9K range. Homa. I like that. I'm going to go Fitz. Fitz at 93. 8K. Burns. I love the Burns call. So, yeah, I'm just going to go with you on Burns. We're going to double up on Burns. Uh, 75 to 79. I'm going to say Keith Mitchell. I'll go Keegan Bradley. Ooh, I should have gone. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut. 7K to 74. Ben Martin. That's a good one. I will go with doo, doo, doo. I'll go Emiliano Grillo. And then 6K if you have to. Actually, I'll go uh, Sam Dylan. Stevens in the 7K range. Sorry, Sam Stevens. Uh, 6K. Dylan Wu. There you go. Um, I'll go with Will Gordon uh, if you got to go there. All right, if you're building a cash lineup this week, where are you starting out? I mean, probably Victor Hovland. Um, it, I don't know, man. Like this, the problem is like the seven K range is not like super. There's nobody who I want to like lock in. Gary Woodland is probably as close as as you can get there in the seven K range. And then in AK, I want to say Tommy Fleetwood, but. It's a little bit scary with Tommy just because I feel like he could shoot one over and miss the cut or, or three over and miss the cut. You know, I mean, like, just not make a like make two birdies and have a couple really bad holes and miss the cut. Yep. And a shit ton of bars. A shit ton of bars. <laughs> uh, for me, I will go with uh, a Fitzpatrick with a Coocher just to make the cut and a Gary Woodland. That's where I'll go on that one. Now, if you're playing GPPs, it gets fun. How are you starting those out? Uh, I like uh, Homa, Burns, and Ben Martin. Yep, I'm going Fitz, Burns, and um, where'd he go? Go Fitz, Burns, and Sam Stevens. Let's go that route. All right, the moment everyone waits for on this show. DraftKings Sportsbook picks to win. Rory McIlroy's plus he's seven to one. Cantley twelve to one. Finau fourteen. Xander sixteen. Hovland eighteen. Speed eighteen. Cam Young eighteen. Who you like this week? Homa twenty eight. I mean, I I don't know. He's won here before. Burns is thirty. Burns is thirty. Yeah, Burns at thirty though. I mean, like I'd rather double down on Homa. Like Burns hasn't won recently. Homa's won True. this year. True. Um. It's tough, man. I mean, like, uh, really, is Cam Davis really eighty to one to win this? He should be one hundred and twenty to one. Yeah, like, like he should be like eighty to one to top ten, maybe or top five, but not right. not win the whole thing. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I, I'm not a huge fan of these odds. Um, yeah, because the cream has risen to the top in all of these events, and right. Vegas like Vegas seems like it's caught on to it. Like, okay, oh, best yeah. guys here. You're you're not getting good odds on this, right? <laughs> Right, yeah, that's the way it is. That's I'd all I got. Sung, I'd say Sungji at twenty five and Morikawa at twenty two are interesting, just because they're outside. Like Fitz at twenty two, I just can't do those guys. Like Vic, I love, but eighteen to one when I could go get like one of these. Like you mentioned, Homa at twenty eight. You know, even JT's twenty two. Everyone's gonna bet. Like, yeah, it's tricky, tricky to say the least. Maybe you can make some head to head matchups or just play some DraftKings. That's a way to go as well. So, what are your final thoughts for the week, Quail Hollow? Um. 
I don't have any. It's a this is actually a really good tournament though. So I'm excited. I'm for looking it. forward to tuning back in this week yeah. after taking a few weeks off. Yes. Uh, it should be fun. And we'll be back with you guys next week, barring my internet going out or something like that. <laughs> uh, make sure you follow Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods, the podcast at Always Press. I am at BD Intric. And this was your Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast previewing the 2023 Wells Fargo Championship. Catch you guys. Next. <laughs>